0: health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard. Talk to me, Guy. And today, Sherry Edwards will be joining us and we'll also be talking with the McMenamin family. And I'll tell you more about all that in a moment. I'm going to skip the talking about the sound health portal because this show is going to be talking about all of that to hear and share replays of the show, which you will Want to do? I can almost guarantee that. About 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, you can go to talktomeguy all words TalkToMeGuy.com. Scroll down that page, and you'll see the show there in about 20 to 30 minutes, as I said, with all the show notes, any of the links referred to, links back to Sound Health Portal, Sound Health Options, and you can also at the bottom of all those, in the lower right hand corner, are the show notes. There is a microphone in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, and you can leave me a message. Let's say that you have questions about this show. You just tap on the message if you're on a mobile device or a tablet or a touchscreen computer. In your computer, you can just click on it, use the microphone, and leave me a message saying, what about this? What about that? How do we follow up on this? Just whatever questions you want to ask or suggest a guest. And you can do that at talktomeguy.com. also at the bottom of that screen, our replay link directly at the bottom of the show notes that works really well on all devices. And or there are click-throughs, meaning icons, and you can on your favorite, that be Pocket Cast or Google Play or iOS Play. I think that's what it's called. It's everywhere. It's on all the aggregators. It's everything from Audible to Pocket Cast and everything in between. With that, Mary Edwards and her team at Sound Health are using human voice and the associated frequencies to help clients resolve health issues, such as macular degeneration, multiple sclerosis, headaches, muscle stress, brain trauma, weight issues, and nutritional concerns. The technology she brings to the stage is cutting edge. This technology can identify health and well-being possibilities that you have never encountered. According to Edwards, Bioacoustic's voice spectral analysis can detect hidden or underlying stresses in the body that are expressed as disease. The vocal print can identify toxins, pathogens, and nutritional supplements that are too low or too high. In addition, a vocal print can be used to match the most compatible treatment remedy to each client. The introduction of the proper low-frequency sound of the body indicated through voice analysis, has been shown to control pain, body temperature, heart rhythm, and blood pressure. It has also been shown to regenerate body tissue and alleviate the symptoms of many diseases, in some cases, even those considered to be incurable. Sherry joins us today to talk with the McMenamin family about the experience of how bioacoustics changed their father's life. Welcome, Sherry, and the McMenamans. Good morning, Sherry. Great
1: great to be here it's a great story to share with people
0: it's an amazing story i'm going to start by asking i guess i'll start with denny and then lead this into lisa how did you how did you all find sherry's work let's start there and then i'll back into what we were looking at but how did you find sherry's work well denny? it
2: goes back to we had seen uh, sherry quite a few times when she was on Sarah Westfall, uh, Westall's show, and we've always found uh, alternative medicine to be uh, – we're we're open to it. We're really open to anything uh, and uh, that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, we paid more attention to what uh, Sherry was doing, and uh, then it was Lisa, our daughter, who uh, made the initial contact with uh, Sherry and her people.
0: And, Lisa, I know that you have a background yes. in – health work we'll call it
3: alternative healing modality Mm -hmm. thank you very much thank you very much (laughs) you're welcome Um, I understood how energy and frequency could work to heal the body and what we had been doing for him I just felt like he needed something differently and so when I quieted myself I immediately was like he needs he needs what Sherry does he needs the bioacoustic healing so that's how we ended up reaching out to her office and um, he's had two different sessions with her um, or consultations so the first one dad do you want to explain you know what what was what brought you to to me reaching out to sherry
2: no well well what had happened this uh started two years ago in april of 2020 i had always been uh taking my blood pressure and heart rate just about on the average of uh, once a week. And uh, all of a sudden, it was the middle of April, uh, my blood pressure was fine, but my heart rate was only 45, which mm-hmm. I mentioned something to Pam about it. So we monitored monitor it for a few days, and it didn't really change. And then we started the uh, rounds of uh, doctors from our general practitioner to uh, a cardiologist and uh, everything uh, that goes with that, and um, one of the things that was uh, kind of uh, perplexing about it is I, I didn't have any symptoms about this, about my heart rate getting uh, get, uh, getting uh, lower um, in that, and then gradually with some of the blood work I had da- had done, it came uh, back that I had Lyme. And they thought that might be one of the reasons for the low heart rate because Lyme does attack the heart. So I was on antibiotics for a uh, for a few months, and that was supposed to take care of it. And guess what? It didn't take care of it. My heart rate started going lower, and it finally bottomed, bottomed out at 30, which is very, very low. And wow. still, I really had next to no uh, symptoms uh, with that. And then that just a few months later in uh september of twenty twenty that led to me having uh emergency surgery having a pacemaker uh installed and uh that took uh that took care of that the uh the uh pacemaker uh was uh kept my heart rate between sixty and one thirty uh in that in that range and then uh it just so happened uh, this last September in 2021, I had double pneumonia and was actually in the hospital for almost two weeks. And, uh, but one of the things that they, uh, that my family did to me when I was in the hospital, they brought, uh, Sherry's, uh, device, you know, the, the tones into the hospital so I could use it when I was, uh, even, uh, even in the hospital. And then, uh, when I was, uh, went to the cardiologist just a, a few months ago is that uh, before my uh, the pacemaker was working like, I think, 95% of the time, and as of, uh, you know, a few months ago, my pacemaker was only working 8% of the time in the upper ventricle and only 15% of the time in the lower ventricle, uh, and I, I attribute a lot of it, uh, if not all of it, to uh, listening, uh, listening to the tones. And the, and this is the uh, kind of interesting part. The uh, doctor was uh, kind of amazed about it that uh, that this kind of thing is not supposed to, uh, it's uh, not supposed to happen. Uh, but um, and it's uh, now the pacemaker is like, I guess what they call like standby mode, where it only works if my heart really, uh, really needs it now which i which i think all in all is a pretty remarkable story
0: wow and part of my wow is that your doctor was like i don't know but sure you didn't have to get any waivers or fight with the administration they were just like sure go ahead and use that that's a question
2: no they actually just uh brought it into the hospital for me and uh as far as anybody would know, they would just see something with earphones. I think I'm, I'm listening to music and uh as far as I was concerned it was uh it was nobody's business what I was doing because I would imagine uh, regular medicine doesn't believe in this type of thing
0: or possibly doesn't understand it at all there's that i i
2: i would i would, say, <laughs> I would say i would say I would say that in combination with that yes
0: yeah, and sherry, how many workups did you have to do to figure all this out how did you dial in the tone box
1: well it took me several hours to go through his vocal prints that he sent us and do a comparison between the two and then compare them to all the templates that we had about heart issues one of the most amazing things i think about denny's case is that the thickness of his heart muscle changed but he'll have to talk about that it, it took me, uh, I don't know, somewhere between four and six hours to munch through everything because we had a new thing I was trying out where we could actually look at root cause of wow. why this happened in the first place. So he was kind of an experiment.
0: <laughs> how great is that? How, to, how fun to be the first. <laughs> and did you, as you were, how long were you in the hospital, Denny?
2: Uh, this last time almost two weeks
0: okay and you continue after you get out of the hospital for, and how long were you listening to the tone box in the hospital how long did you have
2: well, it? I, I, I tried to do it uh, when I was in the hospital I had nothing else to do so it was like uh, once a day it's kind of like the same thing I uh, I do at home uh, you know may, mainly every day and if there's some days when I forget about it or something I just look at it this way, hey, there's the, there's tomorrow. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get back on track uh, then. But, uh, you know, sometimes I use it once, sometimes uh, twice a day if I, if I have the time. And um, I'm a firm believer in that it uh, does work. I've never had any problems with any of the tones. My, uh, I guess my body or my brain uh, accepts uh, them all. So I'm very happy with that.
0: And did you and if do you continue to use it today in terms of post everything do you still listen to it from time to time?
2: Yeah, uh, no, I mainly even now uh, pretty much um, Every day and I uh, I can see myself probably using this uh, uh, I would say basically forever and I I have uh, no problem with it I I word a lot of times if I'm you know moving around the house uh, doing work or uh, listening to the radio or watching TV it, it, it doesn't matter because the the sounds are uh, the tones are, are going into my brain it, it, uh, I, I uh, really kind of ignore it when I when I have it on
0: hmm and how did, did you notice that you were feeling different or better as you the, the longer you used it of course being out of the hospital? I had been in the hospital myself a number of years ago, so I know once you get out, you feel better just by being out. but was there a noticeable shift for you in how you felt as you used it?
2: No, I haven't noticed anything uh just myself with how I feel. I think the proof is in uh, a lot of the tests that i've uh, that I've had done on my heart, and uh, that that kind of tells the story that the uh, Heart's uh getting better, it's getting stronger, the uh thickness of uh of my heart has gone down quite a bit and once again I attribute it uh to uh to Sherry and the tones.
0: hmm And Lisa I'm sorry, Pam. Yes. Pam. Yes. You know Denny better than anybody. What did you <laughs> have you what have you observed in how he is now versus how he was in the hospital. And do you notice a difference in how he is in terms of his, I'll call it beingness for lack of a better description.
3: Uh, As far as his everyday life, he seems to um, be much more um, able to take charge and do things that he wasn't prior to, um, or around the time he um, found that he had uh, a heart problem. And I know when he came home from the hospital, it was very, very difficult for him, uh, and I believe that using, um, you know, the, tone, the tones has really helped him kind of quiet or settle him from just observation.
0: hmm hmm And, Lisa, I would ask you the same question, even though you don't know him as well as your mom does.
3: Um no, exactly. I'd say I'd say he's he's more like um the dad that I grew up with and knew as, you know, an adult, uh prior to this hiccup in his health. Um, I think so that I wanna say better than before because he has a calmness about him. Um he's not as uh quick to be agitated. Uh, the way he could be prior to having all of this happen, um, I think he's a little more mellow. But I don't know if that comes with age or, or what. Just um, he's getting back to himself, I
1: think, like a better version of himself. I'd like to ask a question. Well, I'm looking at Denny's report that we made for him, and it seems that the major issue was collagen and elastin cartilage, and so that has a lot to do with the heart keep keep beating heart seems to slow down, the muscle tends to bulk up so it can do more work. But in looking at this, we gave him issues or sounds for the elastin, and so his joints and his mobility should have also been more. Yes, we targeted the heart, but does he seem to be more agile, more flexible? Actually, I would
3: would say in observing him walking around from Um, this last hospital stay to now, I think he is a little more agile because at one point he was almost before he got the the tones that, that we had met with for the second um, consultation, he, he was starting to move like my grandfather, like his dad. And my mom and I would be like, Oh, he's walking like, you know, his dad. And now he's, he's now, I mean, wouldn't you agree, mom? He is a little more agile, and his just everyday movement? Yes, I I think that's true. Uh, and he, you know, also he's, we have taken collagen. He takes collagen and has for years and takes really good care of himself. He's never been sick until he had this uh, problem. So it, it has been, you know, you can actually look at it and say, okay, you can see how he's getting better and better and he does continue using the tones and he
1: probably always will because he knows he's feeling better it feels like this is right for him well mm-hmm. something else we found in his chart was there was the beginning of some kidney issues so we're now on the alert and can I don't want to say fix but that's what it is we can be aware of those before a lot of symptoms appear So that's the other thing that's really important, monitoring him for what his voice gave us the information to look at before symptoms became a problem. I love that part about bioacoustics.
0: Well, also, wouldn't the collagen, bioacoustic collagen, help his kidneys as well? Because it's all tissue, so collagen's all good, so a little bit of acoustic bioacoustic collagen seems to have benefit to me, at at least in my thinking as a practitioner, benefit to the kidneys as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of fluids moving through there, just like the heart has all the blood moving through and pumping and circulation. The kidneys filter out what's going on. I don't know if he's on other medications. It's not in his report right here. But we just did what his voice told us that needed to be taken care of, and there's also other issues that we can give them a heads up about, about nutrition and his B vitamins seem to be low. And, and so people can monitor themselves. They can join our portal and <laughs> excuse me, and look at their nutrition every day. And we have a new part now where they can go in and look at their organs every day. What is the status? Of all the organs, and I think that's where I really found Denny's kidney stuff. It's a heads up for what's going to happen. It's predictive medicine, and I don't know if that's available anyplace else. Do you know, Lisa, in doing no, I work haven't with wellness. I haven't
3: heard anything uh, about that unless you know somebody was uh, medical intuitive and could see you know the aura field that. and to know where there's a predisposition for. Um, you know, a block in energy or, or chi there. So this, this I think is amazing. I, this is new information to me. So that's that's really wonderful, Sherry.
1: We were well, also I'm able to look at genetics in him and see what was causing the, this. And something I had to look up something called it, NEDD4L binding. So that could hmm. be part of the problem, the issue with the kidneys. And the renal binding happened first, and then that backed up to the heart. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, Richard, sorry. Oh.
0: No, it's okay. Well, I was what I was going to say is uh, I recently was having some stuff going on, and I sent uh, Sherry a vocal print, which for newcomers, a vocal print is just a recording of the voice. It's not something magical. It's just a, about a 30-second recording of your voice. And I sent one to Sherry, and she ran it through the organ program, And it's an amazing report. It's awesome. I would use expletives to talk about how great I think it is because it gives you an overview of your organs and you can see like, oh, this one might want some attention and we can go further beyond that. But I mean, I just think it's a super cool report. It's all, I mean, it's all Star Trek. It is truly, you know, Dr. What's his name uh, with the thing. Uh, But I've always felt that way about Sherry's work. But I think the organ program is an amazing new program. How long have you, been, how long have you had that, Sherry?
1: Uh, just a few months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It gives you so much information. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Do people who come to see us, they're volunteering to be an experiment so we can add to the data. But so we've been collecting things, at vocal prints for about 30 years. So we have a big database that we can cross-reference. Wow. We really appreciate people who come to us and say, okay, what's wrong? Let's compare it to everything else. That's, that's I wring my hands and say, oh, wonderful experiment. Because we love the new people <laughs> where they can't figure out what's going on. Our computer program <laughs> <laughs>
2: will.
0: Well, and I would toss well, I would one th- thing in. Oh, no, go ahead, Danny.
2: No, what? Uh, I... Oh, uh, yes. No? that wasn't
0: me oh that wasn't you okay um, um, what I was gonna say is uh, back to what Lisa had said something about medical intuitives I've interviewed uh, dr. Mona, Mona Lisa Schultz who's a medical doctor who had a number of incidences in her life a uh, personal and then I'm not sure when she started doing intuitive work it was a long time ago because I interviewed her in the 90s and She's a brilliant practitioner, kind of gnarly bedside manner, not the best bedside manner, but she is really quite good because she has the combination of being engaged with her intuition in a powerful way with the medical understanding. And it's the, I will say, for me, that Sherry's work gives me more information, which I like. Gives me sort of the angles and the ideas and the let's suggest this and no, it might be your collagen. Whereas Mona Lisa is more. Um, it's just different. It's a different texture. A little gnarly. Well, I think that uh, in a the, in a great way. Of
3: that. Yeah.
0: Say that again, Lisa. I was talking over you.
3: I think it's the personal. Um, whereas Sherry's, it's, it's data and information, and there's no filter of the person. And I think mm-hmm. that when you get any kind of person that has intuitive abilities that there's always that spin for them for what you know their knowledge base is and what they know to be true for themselves and Sherry's it it feels like it's more of like no this is no no spin on anything it's it's just looking at the data and looking at this is this is what it most likely is compared to somebody who's who filters the information for themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and that was one of the things I really like. I forget what chart this is on the Sound Health Portal, but a while ago, Sherry came up with a chart or a graph or a pie chart, I will call it, that it shows you like, this is what you wanna be looking at now, which I think is great because we can get lost in the weeds of like, you know, once we start talking about the methylation cascade, and mind you, I've been working with Sherry or doing shows with Sherry for over 10 years, and every time she talks about the methylation cascade, my I still roll up in my head because it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God, no, I can't. Um, so to have a chart where it just says, here's what we want to look at now, I think that is so awesome. Would you talk about that chart or program or what that is, Sherry?
1: Um, I don't know that I really remember what you're saying. Most of our <laughs> portal... We have a sound health portal, which is a public workstation, and most of the work we do there is in a round circle because we show that, okay, you have the notice C, which is the heart muscle, and here's its opposite, here's its antidote, here's its genetic piece. And so we have a program that show you how all of that fits together, and I think that's what you mean. But we developed that uh, workstation because there's very few of us in the world think about there only being like 300 active doctors in the world and that's what we're looking at we have about 300 or so really good people out there trying to help and so we get a family or somebody like denny and we can't help them every week or every day and so we try to encourage the family to join that portal and i think it's I can't remember. It's anywhere from 20 to $49 a month to have access to these templates. So we encourage the family to be our eyes and ears on their side so we don't miss anything. When we get somebody um, like an autism case or heart case or um, kidneys or Parkinson's, we need the people monitored more closely. That's one of our big downfalls. We just can't monitor people close enough, fast enough, well enough to satisfy me. So that's why we developed that portal uh, web station where people can go in and for free right now, they can monitor the voice for corona and cellular uh, damage that corona is causing. And so once they get their report from that, they're usually hooked because... They see the potential of what this is, and we love it. And they come back and come back and have different kind of evaluations done. So it's our job, my job, that I want, my rose-colored wish, is to have a community center in every city, every place that people gather. God, uh, Lisa will probably agree with me. Our health system is in shambles. And it's it going to be up to us to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're well, doing. Well, to show underneath. people
3: another way that, that is more successful than, here, take a pill, or, here, let's wait until the symptoms are so bad that this intervention can happen instead of treating the root cause and, and with this incredible new information um, to be on the lookout for mm-hmm. potential problems and nip it in the bud before it's a problem.
0: Well, the whole idea of of preventative care, and I say that slowly because we don't hear that word much in Western medicine, the idea of prevention. Wow, what? That's not something we really, you know, is really talked about in that realm. And with the Sound Health Portal, it's so easy to just go on. And even if you use the, as Jerry knows where I'm going to go, because I just love the Nano voice. And then the is such a great, handy, easy, right there, click. And, I, and I'll pause here for a moment and say, I've been with Sherry long enough that it was in the days when you had to lug around a laptop filled with zillions of programs. And eventually you would figure out how to make it all flow. And so you had to haul that around. You had to bring your microphone. Now, with the Sound Health Portal, I just have a small mic that's called the Samsung Go mic, which we all, Sherry and I, really like because it's small, it's portable, it's only about three inches long, and I just throw it in my bag and have it with me anywhere. And if somebody's having an issue, I go onto their computer, plug it in, and do a voice intake, and we talk about what's going on. Wow! This really is the future of medicine. If we, you know, it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. So it's very exciting to have it now as a sound health portal. And we look at it
1: as math as medicine. Because your brain runs all on frequencies and math, and we've just found a way to jump into that system and have the body heal itself. And this is very, very ancient, but very, very new at the same time. Can I give a short story, Richard? Please. Do you remember reading every place that uh, when people are dying they see white lights? Mm Mm-hmm. When conception takes place, when the sperm and the egg come together, it creates ATP, which is the first chemical that happens in the zygote, this new <coughs> little baby. And its frequency, you know, they know it's ATP because they can measure it. We were able to measure the frequency, and it's the same frequency as white light. And most of the <sighs> leftover is stored in your eyeball. And when you die, that begins to implode. So you're seeing all of this white light. So here's all this ancient stuff about seeing white light when you're dying and mm. going with God into the white light. And it's really That's that amazing. ATP. That's it's beautiful. It's exploding. So it's this ancient stuff at the same time. And then uh, Sylvia Franck wrote a book about the tree of life and the Holy Grail which is all about um, ancient Templar medicine. And they knew things like you're a master herbalist, uh, Richard, so they knew what components were in herbs and what to give people when they're dying or they have a toothache or whatever. And in her book, and I had never met her, she said Sherry Edwards is the modern keeper of the Holy Grail information. Yeah. Now those Templars um, didn't marry. I don't. They weren't supposed to marry and and not have children. So here, this system is somehow got uh, stuck. Stuck. I don't know if that's the right word. In my DNA, because this stuff is very natural for me, and it started with me hearing people's sounds then looking for where that sound might come from in the body so we can monitor it And creating the computer programs. So this is ancient, ancient, ancient stuff that I don't know if I'm a mutant or what, but it just happens (laughs) to be uh, something wonderful that I want to bring to the people, and I have two different um, avenues here. Five different companies have filed patents on my work. And I have warned them, one of them is even Google, and I warned them that you do this and I will put together classes and give it away. And I am so upset with these people because I see all these things online where they're giving people frequencies and they're doing it digitally. The body does not heal itself digitally. That's an approximation. It's analog, and that's what these little tone boxes that Denny's talking about. We set this little computer with all the tones and how they need to be set, and then we give it to them, and they listen to it on a speaker or a headset, and the body heals itself. And the information of how to do this and all the math was just absolutely automatic to me. I would sit down with an issue, and it would just come to me, and it would work. And I'm just so thankful that I'm some kind of mutant. But at the same time, being able to put this into a computer and teach it to other people. We have a big project going on right now about what is going on with our politics and why people are doing the things they did. There's a little tangent here. But for people who are really interested, they could look at Luke 6.45. I'm going to quote here bad man may imitate the voice of a good person, but the evil in his heart will certainly vibrate in his Mm. pretending voice. Now, isn't that Mm. bioacoustics? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So what we did with Denny Mm -hmm. was secondary. What we were really looking at was what is people's voices telling us? Those classes are free, and we have a free book for people if they want to get in touch with us. We could put them in the show notes for Richard. But that's how all of this started, looking to see what people were saying and was it truthful. And we just accidentally stumbled on, oh, here's somebody with heart disease. Let's look at that. Here's somebody with kidney disease. Let's look at that. Let's do comparisons. So this is not just me. It's everybody who has volunteered their voice that's helping us put this whole database together, and I think we're going to find out that humans – really can be controlled, I don't like that word, I don't need to say it different, can have dominion over their own bodies through the frequencies, through math, and that's what we want to share with people in our classes.
0: Well, and one of the things for me years ago when I interviewed Bruce Lipton the first time back in the 90s, I think, when he wrote his first book, Biology of Belief, and I actually saw him lecture in a kind of a small circle, like less than 200 people. And I remember him standing up there because he has genetics teaching in his background. He was showing people how the DNA, RNA, and everything swung using PVC piping. So he had like this little model and he'd swing it around. And the one thing that stuck in my brain was a phrase that he and I talked about later, and it was that our cells are listening. Because he was the first one to really look, not first one necessarily, but early, early to write about it, that he felt that our cells, well, he said, no, our cells actually have little receptor sites on it. That's how they get hormone signals. So the, so the hormones get squirted out, like let's say serotonin gets squirted out, and the cells that have receptor sites for that will receive that signal or hormone. So we talked about the idea that a term that I gave, I, we talked about was our cells are listening, and that was one of the things that hit me when I discovered Sherry's work was the our cells are listening. They have receptor sites. They're looking for information. I think that with the sound work, our cells just take it on in a good way because they, they feel it, or I don't know what the words are. If you have better words for that, Sherry, please feel free. But it was really Bruce Lipton that introduced me to the idea of our cells are listening in the early 90s.
1: Well, they've proven that the skin cells listen much like your ears, so they listen to the frequency and the vibrations, and then they can send that back to the brain. That's one of the things we learned early on with tetraplegics and paraplegics, that we were hitting the frequencies with the skin even around the ear, but speakers better, and The signals, the math signals that they perceived as music and frequency were sent back to the brain and entrained the brain to make things work. We have so many people that have had muscle trauma. Um, One kid, I don't know how much time to take up here, um, named Willie, and he was beat up in a senseless gang beating so bad that he tore his brain loose from inside his head. And he didn't have arms, legs, necks, nothing. He could sort of shrug one shoulder. And uh, he was listening to a PBS station about what we did, and he signaled to his dad that he wanted to come see me. And his dad was the head of Project Train here in Ohio for rehabilitation, so he was kind of uh, reluctant. And he sort of tried to fool uh, Willie, And Willie was saying to him, I want to go see her. I want to go see her. And his father said, okay, I'll fax her right now. And if she answers, we will go see her. Well, I had been home that day, and I had this urge to go to the office. And I I just couldn't contain it. I had to go. And so when that fax came in, I was there. And so his dad got stuck with bringing him to me. But (laughs) one of the things... he. One of the things he wanted to do was he drooled. He couldn't open and close his mouth. And here's the magic part of this coming in. And so here's um, Willie in our lab, and they indicate to me he wants to close his mouth. And I touched just my own hand. I touched his chin, and there was no signal there. So I said to the father, can I touch you? And he, he's like, where? <laughs> and so I touched the father's chin and asked him if he was... Willie's natural father and yes he was I picked up the signal through my fingers my ears could hear it through my fingers and Hmm. I put the sound in and this is all on tape I put the sound in our little magic analog tone box and within 10 minutes or so Willie was able to open and close his mouth Hmm. and I sat there in absolute awe that this worked and I thought we need to get more of this out to people we need to show that the body is nothing more than a big bunch of math and if we could (laughs) tap into the system we could help the body heal itself we've been doing that since the early 80s and I don't every minute believe in it because sometimes I just really struggle trying to find the answers but if my brain and my fingers my ears can be put together in some kind of computer that we can hand to anybody to monitor a system, what's going to happen to the whole system of death, dying, and illness?
0: Mm-hmm. The We're going have of...
1: over, an overpopulated planet, and then we have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. And, and, Denny, this makes me want to jump for a moment to ask you, the t- in the entire time that you've been listening to tone boxes, have you felt anything like as you're listening at any time is there any like Ooh, or anything like that or you're just listening and going about your life?
2: No I'm, I'm just listening uh, nothing ever uh, happens as uh, I know Sherry had said that if there's if you notice discomfort with any uh, with any of it, let us know in that. But I haven't experienced any of that. It's just uh, I just listen to it, uh, and I know it's it's going into my brain. In that, and uh, everything that's uh, in the tone box must be uh, more than compatible with my body. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, his voice told us that's too high. You have too much of that sound of that frequency. You have too little of this. So we use the voice to individually monitor people. The voice tells us what's really going on. We're just interpreting the information that comes out and trying to give it back through the skin or however they want it delivered. Some, we had, do have a bed that we can put people on, put frequencies through it. Um, mm. And that's going to become more popular. But when we started with it, it was illegal. You couldn't touch people. You couldn't put them on a chair. You couldn't put them on a bed, anything. So this is getting bigger and bigger all the time the last statistics I read was it's like worth 5.7 billion dollars this whole genre of information that MIT Mm -hmm. is using Mayo Clinic's using it Carnegie Mellon's using it and they're using our work as a basis
0: amazing And and I'm going to jump back to Pam for a minute so Pam Again, because you know any better than anybody, as he's been doing this, he's not feeling anything, but you actually you and Lisa both said that you noticed he was moving differently and less like a grandfather and more like himself, so you're actually seeing shifts in him in the best of ways. Is that correct? Pam? Yes, it is okay. And what do you notice? Is it is is he quicker in his reactions? Is there do you notice a cognitive shift, or is it more the physicality of him? What I would be what I would call being more in his body and able to just walk and move around and be more at ease in the world again.
3: Uh, I believe that well, all those things together are um, you know what I would consider with where he was when he couldn't hardly get up and breathe. You know, not, that's not true, he could breathe, but he could not get an, uh, an, his heart to move and be able to help him um, with his... Um, for, for Denny, he was always very um, independent and could do just about anything, was never ill. So when I saw that part of him, change and what we've been through the last two years with him, it seems like his body um, is more uh, like it used to be when he was younger. However, it's better in that he, uh, you can actually see uh, his daily activities are not only much easier for him, but they're also... Um, he doesn't have to stop and think he doesn't, he just, he does it, you know, and, and and that's a big uh, portion of who I know as my husband. So it it does to me seem like this is very much something that's helping him. And we totally believe in this. It's not uh, something that I would look at as odd or strange because not only do we believe anything can happen, but with Sherry's, information that we've had and with Sherry helping and to make sure that he has exactly what he needs to be able to uh, kind of go the next step maybe, I think is is wonderful. I I think uh, we've enjoyed so much working with her and her company uh, that she is making a difference and we're part of that difference.
0: And Lisa, I would ask you for the same observations because, again, because you have a health background, what are your observations? Not only is your dad, but what are your, as, as somebody who's been in the field of health in your own realms, what have you been seeing?
3: Um, it's almost um, like to see, because it was, to me, not the slow change. It it seems like the rebound of where he was to where he is at this point Um it just was faster than I think other, other uh, like allopathic medicine, definitely. Um, But I I don't want to say it was easy because I I have no idea exactly how uh, difficult it would have been for my dad because he's, he's um, well, both my parents are the kind of people that if I didn't have them as my parents, I would seek them out in friendship because they just are awesome. They're incredible. And he's so quick-witted and almost borderline hyper in just how he is that when he took such a turn for the worst, like at the very bottom when we'd reached out to sherry um, and then to see him now and the vibrancy, and he's always been like a jokester, and just he's he's back to he's back to that like where um you know, it, he doesn't have to stop and rest when he went up the steps. Or um, he, he doesn't have to stop and, like my mom has said, stop and think about something. It's just like everything is, like all the cylinders are shooting properly again. And um, it just seems that this going this route in, in healing him, because I feel like the others were treating symptoms, um it just feels like it's been faster and um easier to watch you know because there were times where my mom and I would kind of exchange a look and be like i don't know what's you know this this isn't good and then ever since the tones and just his other um because like i said we're we're familiar with other healing modalities and it it's just been a pleasure to watch to the point where um, you know, I would like to learn more about what what um, Sherry does, because I think to her point, it is important that we um, get this information out to, to people because it's and, and, you know, educating people on top of saying, hey, look, this works. This, this helps is a whole other can of worms, because <laughs> nobody's been taught in the allopathic world that there is another way of being to, to Sherry's point ancient. This is ancient, ancient stuff, and with the herbs and with just just the way life was. So
0: back when we I'm had a relationship though, to with to nature, take that
3: journey. exactly, That's exciting. exactly.
0: That's exciting. And Sherry, as you as you've worked with uh, Denny, what do you what do you see as a shift in his vocal prints when you run it through organ the organ program now versus then? What does it show up on the charts, or how does it show up on the charts?
1: Just less of the same issues, and we can see in the long-term part of the chart, people send us an application, and then they send us vocal prints, and then we work on them, and every vocal point print has a uh, spot in it. This is what's coming. This is what's now. This is what's long-term, and his long-term is settling down a lot which means his body has the ability to back off anything that's coming toward him. But we watch or try to watch uh, eating habits, bowel movements, everything that's going on. And they send us this little weekly report. I'm using the sound that's doing this um, so that we can keep track. But, you know, the downfall is we, can't, we just can't keep track of everybody in the way that I want. So that's why we created this portal online workstation, and we try to teach people how to monitor themselves. Uh, people think I'm crazy, but the first course that people take, and it includes software that they can monitor in their muscles and their nutrition, and we put it out for people for free. And people say to me, if it's free, what good is it? I said, J- you know, just try it. Just see what's going on with it. This is I'm trying to give a gift to the world, and people just sometimes spit in my face. If it's free, it can't be any good. But you've seen this develop at least over the last ten years, Richard. You watch as we add something new and prove something. You love the nano voice for people. We really are working every day. It's literal. I work seven days a week to try to increase the databases, in, new people, uh, help students, like I have two more meetings with students this afternoon that have very special cases in their home, uh, two of them is cancer. You have to monitor cancer really, uh, what's the word, closely, and they can give me that information when they go on the portal, and they take their vocal print every day, and we look at it, we train them to see What's trouble in a vocal print? So, I want to Sherry, share those so I'm sorry. Sherry, you are so generous with your with your gift. Thank you so much. Well, you are welcome. I think it's a gift from God, and I don't mm-hmm. want to squander that. Um, we usually don't mention this, but we do animals. I can do animals from a picture. I just think that's the special gift. Oh my! We, gosh. We received a lady's picture. She was in a hospital in a coma. And this is going to sound really weird and and out there someplace. But I did her sounds, and in the vocal print, as a picture, your your words, your tones create pictures, in the picture of her vocal print was a spine, and there was a dark um, streak down through her spine. And I said to her family, because she was in the coma, I said, "Anybody check for a spine bleed?" And sure enough, that was what the problem was. Oh, How was that coming to me except through God? Wow. And so that's that, what I want to share. What, Richard? Well,
0: I was going to say that it was many years ago that I discovered it was Marcel Vogel, who worked for IBM at the time who invented the floppy disk. For those of us old enough, floppy disks were how computers (laughs) used to operate. It was a big, literally a floppy thing. You slid Uh into the machine. And it was actually Marcel Vogel that invented the surface of the floppy disk. So he understood a lot about data and, and how it got stored. And he also went on many years later and he discovered that you could use a Polaroid photograph of somebody to do... Uh, remote work or action at a distance or you know any number of words Mm -hmm. we could call it. In the old days it was Mm -hmm. good you know there was a lot of people especially from Europe there was a lot of radionics practitioners who'd use pictures or Polaroids and it was Marcel Vogel the head of IBM research I'm just being emphatic about that so you don't dismiss him as like oh he was a wackadoodle he invented the floppy disk people. Without him we wouldn't have data storage And yet he went on to do more research and discover that you could use a photograph and that the photograph captured all that data. We didn't necessarily see it, but you could use it radionically, which is a particular kind of system of work that was mostly out of Europe and then came into the United States, to do work on people remotely. So when Sherry says she's getting Mm -hmm. information from a photograph, it's not so weird. It's weird, but in the greatest of ways. In the greatest, you know, this was mm-hmm. Marcel Vogel yeah. decades ago who discovered this—that it's a thing. You can really work from an image, and I think it's just remarkable work. It is so—I just wait for Rod Serling to step out of the closet and go, "Wow, Sherry <laughs> Edwards," because it's so true. It's—it really is you know, the future of—I'd like a different word. I'll call it healthcare rather than medicine. Um, well, I just think, think of it's the yeah.
1: Intuitive. They do it through yeah. the voice, a picture, handwriting, mm-hmm. birthday. It's mm-hmm. in here. It's in our being. We're just finding mm-hmm. ways to bring it back. And in this world of computer, that's what saved my butt because I couldn't teach everybody individually. I mean, I don't talk thousands of people at a time, but it's better one-on-one when they can go to the computer. They can see exactly what's going on. It's their mm-hmm. vocal print. So they're much more interested. And then that's why we do clinical assessments. That's why we do classes for people. So everybody can help bringing this back to our own enlightenment.
0: And how can we – I'm sort of tossing you at the, this also to Lisa, but I'm asking Sherry first. How can we get more people who are having health centers? Because I, I just know or I feel – I'll go a little intuitive for a moment. That Lisa's going to be a sound health practitioner because she is. <laughs> it just seems like <laughs> you're going to dive into this and be excited by the kind of information you have at your hands by being able to go in and do a recording with somebody and and see this information and then maybe do other work and still go back and check. It's a it's a powerful. As Sherry mentioned, I'm an herbalist, master herbalist, and. Mm-hmm the idea of having something like this back in the old old days for me that was in the mm, i'll just say 90s because 80s is too far uh when i had a retail (laughs) herb store in a national mail order catalog the idea of giving people herbs taking a vocal print before they take the herbs and then measuring them after they take the herbs and having some information from that vocal print is mind-blowing wow so it's a very exciting tool go ahead lisa
3: no it is. I was just going to say, you know, God created us that if we give the body um, what it needs and finding out what it needs through like what what Sherry has developed from her God-given gift, then the body will naturally heal itself and we're we're witnessing that
1: with my dad.
3: And so, what I mean, see, I, yes.
1: What we see with people is it has to happen to them and then they become a believer. But it sounds so far-fetched to give somebody a sound and take their pain away or or be able to look at their voice and that they have a thyroid issue that doctors can't find. It's in here. We're just finding a way mm-hmm. to bring it out. And I, I'm i 75 years old this year, and I wanted to retire and write so that we could lay claim to this. So there's so many people out there saying they invented this. But we have so much um, evidence and even published books, that the root of this Mm -hmm. is coming from my God-given ears and being able to hear things. So I'm trying to work really quick and get the information out there and get all these classes together for people to take the information, add to it, make it better, and make this a better world.
0: Amen. And... um... Denny, I'll ask you as we move toward the close. I'm surprised we're already here. Can you imagine – well, I don't. I've, I realize this is rhetorical because it's not really an answer here. Can you imagine doing anything ever again without using the, something like Sherry's work to help you? You seem healthy as an ox, and I mean that in the best of ways. Now, and will continue to be, can you – if you had something come up or you – as I believe that Lisa will develop her own practice being a sound health practitioner. Can you imagine that you would, let me back into this. Do you feel that you would use sound vocal prints to check what's going on with yourself before you would do anything else from now on?
2: Yes. Yes, I would, because it is something, uh, that does work if anything else would come up and, uh, i'm I'm uh thinking it won't, but if uh, one of the uh first things we would do if anything uh would happen or that I noticed something, I think one of my first calls would be to sherry
1: mhm
2: to, to 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 basically say, Hey sherry, what can we do now?
0: yeah
1: That's awesome
0: and sherry, how do we get how do we get more people engaged or I'll ask Lisa actually this because she's a practitioner of some other forms, how do you think we get more people involved? Do they have to have an incident, or do you think you can – Well, how can we get more I people to, to pay attention and get this?
3: Well, I think to Sherry's point, it's about um, educating people, but a lot of the times, people don't want to be educated unless they are at um, a point in their lives where they've tried everything, let me go ahead and try this, because I tried everything else. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they did Mm -hmm. the allopathic route. They did maybe a a couple of other types of of, um, alternative healing modalities. And then all of a sudden they're brought to her. And I think everything's divinely guided. I I mean, I truly do. But it's not until people get to that point that they're like, wait a minute. um, I could have done this in the beginning and saved all of that other once they know about it. So that's the
0: education
1: (laughs) part.
2: Right. Right. <laughs>
1: I'd like to I'm
0: see. I'm laughing because first I know
2: yes, yeah, exactly. like This
1: be the first option, not when they get in so much trouble that's really hard and long term to back it off.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree completely. Absolutely. That was really great everybody. This is the first time I've had like this juggling many, this many people and it went really well. Thank you all. It did. Um, thank, you. A, oh, thank you. That was that was wonderful. Because it's really, I'm such a fan of Sherry's work. I mean, here I am 10 or 11 years still talking about Sherry's work because I think it's worth people knowing about, expletive, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just so powerful to have it as a first choice. If if I think people just engaged in that, thinking that, oh, let me do that first, then I'll go see what else. And especially for
3: children, especially for children, I think, you know. Well, for any uh-huh. any living person, but um, kids, I was just thinking, you know, with my kids, if I would have known about something like this when they were little,
1: uh-huh. I could
3: have saved so many different venues that we, uh, you know, exhausted to figure out what was wrong or what, what needed to be addressed. So I think this is a wonderful, wonderful gift that Sherry is sharing with the world.
0: Uh-huh. I agree. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, McMenamins. It was wonderful. Yeah, and
2: also, I, I would like to say, Sherry and Richard, thank you so much for having us on today.
1: Yeah, I think This is going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you.
0: I do, too. Well, thank, thank you so you. much for being willing to talk about your adventure in all this, because I think it is mm-hmm. really, we're, we're seeing the future, and we're here now, so let's do this. Thank you very much. And everybody have welcome. a great thank you. Everybody have a great <laughs> rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.
3: Bye bye.
2: Bye bye. <laughs>